0: Any opinions expressed are my own and do not reflect the opinions of anyone outside of Independent Left Media, LLC. Independent Left. dot news. Independent Left News. Indie Left News. Independent Left News.
1: Oh yeah, and I get news from Independent Left.
2: Thank you, Independent Left News. They actually put up posts of different shows, different things going on. Check out Indie Left. They're doing a lot of good things. They're on Twitter and Instagram, and they've helped promote our show a lot. Thanks for the work you do behind the scenes too. This man does our Discord and some other help. So just love to shout him out. Thanks so much, man.
0: Yeah. They
1: kind
2: of really do a great job of pushing.
1: Thank you, Independent Left, for reminding me of that
0: ah and he left that news, see that i cut it off a minute early what's up everybody hey what's it's up, sunday man? night it's how it's how do we miss that and guess what i got this guy underneath us and uh i'm pretty excited about that um everybody this is robbie robbie this is everybody
1: what's say up guys how you that? doing say hey you want uh, the guy underneath you and you're happy about that i mean uh, well do you but well I mean, this, looks- you know
0: in this case we're like kind of brady bunching it a little bit um <laughs> We're gonna we're, we're gonna get to to not to, to you, where we're we're all stacked. So, but yes, you uh, downloaded
1: the wrong Brady Bunch.
0: Yeah, that was definitely um, the wrong Brady Bunch. But uh, well, everybody, again, this is a journalist and and all around great dude, Robbie Yeager. Uh, I again huge fan. Um, and we got we got Reef in here too. Um, so again, this As is always. how do we miss that Sunday? Uh, we're this is Independent Left News, and we're excited to be here, and um, we are going to get to a bunch of stories. And so, Robbie's is only here for a limited amount of time, so I want to get right to it because we got a ton, a ton, a ton of stuff here. So let me get to this. I'm going to start the slot, nah, not the share, the slideshow. Wrong button. There you go. Do 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 And we're going to go to Indie Maine, and we're here. Okay, cool. So, dude, talk to me about Colonial Pipeline and a little bit about your work on Colonial Pipeline and your, the history and how you found about it and what you've been doing with it. And then what happened in Tennessee? We'll start with that because I know there's a ton of stuff to cover.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I've been covering Colonial Pipeline uh, I mean, since I would probably say December, uh, 2020, January, 2021. Um It was right after um, Colonial Pipeline had what they said was a 63,000 gallon leak, uh, gasoline leak from their pipeline uh, somewhere near Charlotte, which, you know, I don't live near Charlotte, but I do live in North Carolina. I'm actually just a few hours away. Um, So it was kind of like a local story to me. And, you know, so I piqued my interest. So I started digging in and like, as we, well, I'm not gonna say as we all know, because as nobody knows, because nobody really covered it. you know, that total went from 63,000 to 260-some thousand to 1.2 million, uh, and it's now um, ballooned to over one, it's, it's at least 1.5 million right now. Um, so, and it's still growing because they're still collecting uh, oil from, or gasoline from that area, uh, which we'll get to in a minute, because that's kind of like where my involvement with Colonial um you know, in the story has always kind of been centered around. Um, and, you know, like you brought up Tennessee, Tennessee uh, was just reported actually. I mean, I didn't report it, but um, I first saw it in Gizmodo and a couple of other places too, uh, where there was basically a report of colonial pipeline had another leak in Tennessee. Uh, and this time it got what they are saying, you know, a few feet outside of the, uh, out of, out Outside of their property, I guess, like you know, whatever the zone is that the pipeline runs through, I guess it got away from them. So they're saying it's twenty-four thousand gallons um, so far, which you know, again, as I just said, like their first estimates don't mean anything uh, at least at at this point because you know, it's it it could exponentially grow and grow and grow, Uh, and there's always the question of you know, is Colonial Pipeline uh, the company themselves—they're, you know, very—they're more than happy of staying in the shadows. Like their their president or CEO is on record of saying that, you know, he would rather nobody know that his company even exists, right? And just yeah. quietly, uh, you know, provide revenue for the shareholders and stuff like that, and you know, just operate in the shadows. And they definitely downplayed the North Carolina spill, and they definitely, you know, I, it's everything short of a cover up. I mean you can file all the reports you want, but if you're not giving accurate information and you're downplaying the severity uh, of what happened, then you're not getting the truth. And I mean, you're, you're basically just covering it up, but eventually it, you know, it will come out. Uh, and I feel like that's the situation or that could be a situation here. Like you always have, after North Carolina, you always have to look at anything that happens with Colonial Pipeline from here on out is gonna be suspect. You're gonna question it. You, I mean, you'd you better because they lied Pretty much the first time around, uh, and you yeah. know, twenty-four thousand gallons. Hell, at that rate, could turn into nine hundred thousand gallons before it's all said and done. Uh, you know, at the rate at which they steadily increase their estimates, I mean, who knows? I mean, this could be a massive spill, or it could be, you know, just what it is. Uh, but we can't trust them, so you know, we're back to square one as far as like we got to get, you know, some in-depth reporting, you know, and right. people that care about it. Because if nobody cares about it, nobody's going to make a stink. If nobody makes a fuss about it, uh, you can't expect anybody to do anything about it because politicians aren't going to waste their time on issues that don't benefit them. I think we've seen that. Um, So That's why people are always harping on Dakota Access, uh, but you've never heard anything about
0: colonial pipeline. Um, Until last May when the quote unquote cyber attack shut it down and all of a sudden the Northeast, the, you know, the entire Southeast was unable to get, to get fuel. Um, then, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I seen what's happening here and your coverage of it. And again, I, I really appreciate it. I've been following it really closely. There have a couple of Fox stations locally that have picked it up, but really it's, it's just been, and we pretty much you reading reports. You
1: know, we, you know, you, You've you definitely taken a bit of hiatus recently, um, so we've we definitely been excited to see you come back. And mm-hmm. back, back when we, you know, before your hiatus, we were covering your stories a lot, and uh, I end up having to buy buy a whole new uh, bottle uh-huh. that like is barely used. Well,
0: we got a bunch so, of Giger bomb stories, you know. Um, just please,
2: please tell me that it's at least been in the freezer.
0: Oh yeah, it's okay. ice cold. Jesus yeah, yeah, yeah. Christ. Yeah, I ah, so I wanted to show of that. Yeah, in between each story, in between each set of tweets, Yikes. I decided to hook that up just, to, just oh, for man. fun.
2: Dude, I've seen the slideshow. He's gonna be hammered in like 15
0: minutes, right? <laughs> so, so yeah. I'm sorry, Reef. Again, remember when the cocoa and p- pipeline spilled two million gallons of gas in a nature preserve and then covered up how big it really was? Yeah, remember how 99% nope. Again, nobody gave a fuck. Good Good tits. Tits. Good tits. I remember. Good times. I remember. Remember.
2: So yeah, Pepperidge Farm remembers.
0: Pepperidge Farm Pepperidge definitely Farm remembers. And Misty look. remembers. I'm sure Misty will be somewhere along well, in chat if she's not here already.
2: She's I just, she probably, hasn't
0: forgotten. She's Hi, everybody. She's
2: in yep. that 0.1% with you guys, right? Yep. That's why I had yep. I had to leave that, you know, I had to leave that little area of oh, that gray area there because there was quite a few um, smaller creators Um definitely they were smaller at the time that, you know, did, yeah. cover, that did cover, Jimmy Dore did uh, do a quick segment on it. Um,
0: yes. You know,
1: yeah.
2: months and months ago. Um, So, I mean, yeah, that, that, I mean, that was all positive for me. Uh, But to me, I mean, we got to think about it in a, in a vacuum, all right, guys. So, I mean, we're talking about what is, you know, we're, we're talking about a spill that the company that is responsible for it, refuses to even estimate uh, how big it actually could be uh, at this point. Um, so the only way you know, that we have of keeping track of how big this spill is, has been uh, is, bec- is from the monthly reports that Colonial is required to f- uh, file, uh, which basically is giving monthly updates on the cleanup process. And part of that report, it details how many gallons of product they call it (laughs) that they have recovered from the site over the course of the last 30 days Uh, so every month we get an update um you know of how much what's the new total what's it grown to Um, so as of right now and if you include the amount of gas like about 170,000 gallons that colonial told the feds were lost right so no chance of recovering no chance of you know, drilling it out, it's gone forever. If you add that into the one point, I think it's like four eight million gallons that have been recovered, we're sitting somewhere around one point six five million gallons, right? Um, one point six five million gallons, right? That's insane. Um, it's insane. Yeah. The for context, the record uh, was in Minnesota, I believe, in nineteen ninety three, um, and it was one point six eight million. So um the um you know,
1: the one in in what is it red hills the red tunnels in uh that was like jet fuel that was twenty thousand gallons and that was for like right eight nine hours of just pumping so so I you mean, know
2: you know when you think about it they're not anywhere close to being done the cleanup colonial pipeline they've still got at least a year i would i would you know speculate that So they're gonna be pumping 10 to 30,000 gallons of gas out of the ground for the next, at least the next year or two. So, I mean, this could eclipse a 2 million gallon spill. Um, So tell me why nobody, uh, you know, no prominent, I would say, uh, progressive or independent journalists latched onto this story. Um, No major climate activist groups. Think about this, guys. It's the biggest pipeline spill in American history on U.S. soil, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even the most cynical among us would think this would be a perfect opportunity to fundraise, huh, at the very least. Like, least. if you're a politician, you can be as cynical as you want. You can say, "Hey, you know, I'm going to take on the nation's leading pipeline uh, company, who's owned by the Cokes, by yeah, know, just you know, yep. for that little added, you know." Chef's kiss. I mean, like, seen- this is a perfect storm. You could run this story to the cows come home, um, and it, it's a win-win. And you know, even me as somebody that's just desperate for some somebody to care about it, right? Like getting some major backing from some organizations that purport to care about things like this, or politicians that are supposedly caring about things like this, uh, would get eyes on the story. It would create public pressure. And then, you know, things might actually happen. But what actually happened was that even after all of the lying and the, oh, you know, the growing calculations, um, the federal government, after putting out a report that said that throughout the entire, like, 5,000-mile pipeline, uh, there is unknown amounts of hazards that could potentially lead to a leak. Uh, as bad as the one in north carolina um and you know that is a scary thought because it literally runs all over town the eastern seaboard so you know with that being said after they put out that report the federal government didn't do anything they settled with them out of court uh for nothing basically said you know just fix it you know and, and, and just fix it and we won't find you uh, and now the state of North Carolina have conducted a lengthy investigation but it's this it's a state bureaucracy guys it's like the, it's like the EPA of North Carolina like they' I mean how powerful are we really thinking that they are right whenever you're talking you know up against a interstate pipeline that's you know carries 50% of the southeast's uh, fuel like we've already seen what happens when they shut down like they hold all the cards um, and but finally, you know, North Carolina settled with them out of court for 4.75 million dollars. Just for perspective.
0: Oh, it's a pipeline, slap on the wrist. It's nothing. It's like colonial
2: a colonial pipeline. Ticket. They pay, yeah. Colonial pipeline pays their dividend, <laughs> pays $85 million a year to their Coke shareholders. Uh that's just dividends. They make over like... $1.3 billion per year. So $5 million. They literally have insurance to cover that. Uh, It's nothing. It's not a punishment at all. Uh, And literally, they've gotten away with it. It's it's pretty much over now. And, you know, so now I'm just kind of beating the the war drums kind of like talking shit because it's where was the AOCs? Where were the Justice Democrats? Where was the Sunrise Movement? Where was Sierra Club? Where was 350? Where was everybody Mm -hmm. that literally mattered in this space? uh they didn't give a fuck they would have rather been standing out in front of uh standing up at standing rock which is fine and all but dapple's not the imminent threat
1: i wonder if you i wonder if you have any like you know uh like contact information for people that were at standing rock so i can ask them how you know black jordan sheraton is but you know until then (laughs) like (laughs) you know what i'm saying like Um, where is he at on this like this one you know, um,
0: yeah, no, PIMSA is <laughs> bad. Uh, and what's going on Terrible. there? Here, also, uh, here, let's go back here. So, also, Colonial also reported excavating again 634 anomalies. And this is what you reported <laughs> recently on yeah. the updated repair and status of the pipeline. And this is also really alarming. So, not only are they leaking, not only are they under reporting, not only are they discovering new leaks, but they're also finding that the pipeline is is going to probably leak even more, and here's why. Is it any wonder why they keep spilling shit everywhere? <laughs> it's exactly yeah. right. Again, and, and you can find these tweets on Robbie's t- timeline with receipts and with all the filings and everything. Again, he's just pulling from public filings here, yeah. and but he yeah, does keep, the
2: work, and I love it. Keep that up for a second. Keep that tweet up for yeah. a second, because I just want everybody to break down this math just for a second, guys, right? Yeah. Real quick. It's a 5,600-mile pipeline, right? So even if we're adding up all of the miles that were checked by the three separate methods, right? You're gonna get a grand total of, you're gonna get a grand total that's going to equate to 66% of the entire length of the pipeline. Now that's assuming that none of the tools were used on the same stretch of mileage, if that makes any sense. So you're thinking all of these basically, like where one, where where the corrosion check ends That's where the dents and deformation begins and so on and so forth, right? Or you can look at it on the other extreme and say that at most, only 11% of the entire pipeline was checked for all three major, uh, for for all three major deformations, right? Um, Right. So the truth may be somewhere in the middle, right? These forms that I pulled that from are not specific as to Are these miles unique? Are they overlapping? What's the deal, right? We don't know. And then there's no way for them to tell us. Uh, But so I can almost tell you that there's no way that they just did it all separately, right? So that's 66%. That's just a mathematical possibility that I had to include. I'm almost positive it's closer to to the 40%, if not lower, because a lot of those. Uh, machines that they use to check for these different things were probably run uh during this you know at least in part in the same sections of pipe so 5600 miles you're checking what a 1, 1,500 miles of it you're not specifying right. where uh but in that but in in what you found you discovered over 600 what you call anomalies you had to dig yeah. up over 400 of them because they were located in areas that could contaminate drinking water and like endanger wildlife in the area, you had to excavate and fix those. So like, yeah, if you're not checking for problems, like the for reference, the North Carolina spill happened from a crack that was a result of corrosion. Um, mm-hmm. If you check 15% of your pipeline for cracks, Leslie, my dude, you're not. How are you preventing something you're not checking for? It's just completely, right. it's completely ridiculous. So, uh, you know, basically where we're at now on the story, uh, is, you know, the state and the go in the federal government, they're pretty much, they're done with it. Uh, I, you know, I told you guys a long time ago when I reached out to the EPA, like literally like a couple of months after it happened, they said they had already been out there and Hey man, shit looks good. Colonial said they'll take care of it. We're good. Uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing. But I still have it. They said, "Hey, we checked the air. The air was good, man. You know, and they'll, you know, the state will handle the water. You know, we're good. Everything's fine here." I asked the DOJ, who has a history of suing Colonial Pipeline, for, for no other reason than just having a long period of time with a lot of fuck ups in it. They literally sued them, or fined them like ten million dollars in uh, twenty uh, I'm sorry, and yeah, the year two thousand. Because, you know, they went through so many like 20 years with like X amount of spills and it was just outrageous. You have to, uh, you have to excuse me, we'll the damn phone
0: okay, You good? Uh,
2: but um, you know, it was just ridiculous. And, you know, when I reached out to the DOJ, of course they said no comment because that's just what they say to everything anyway. Um, but it's pretty much over, you know, because again, none of the politicians, no activists, nobody cared. So, you know, nobody felt. Compelled to do anything about it. There was no pressure put on anybody to do anything about it. And that's just how it went. And that's how it went up. So, what I'm doing now is I'm waiting on a massive FOIA request from PIMSA that they've been working on since last year. Um, basically, that I'm every communication, either between PIMSA and Colonial Pipeline or between PIMSA officials about Colonial Pipeline, um, I want them. Right. I want to see what the process was mm-hmm. for just letting Colonial go with a slap on the wrist for no reason, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. so after you sat here and said they're a fucking hazard to the entire country, basically, and then turned around and do nothing. That's number one. So they are saying it's, it could be November before I get that in, before I get that request requested.
1: 67th um, and last chance. So, for yeah. Realsies.
2: For realsies. Um, super serial. So we're waiting on that. Uh and also they were supposed to provide PEMSA a list of well to backtrack really quickly, the spill in North Carolina happened from a corroded repair that had been made um several years before. Um and basically so wanted to know, hey, uh where where, where, have, where else have you made this same type of repair right we want a list of everywhere on the pipeline that you've ever made this specific type of repair um mm-hmm. because those are the repair that's the repair that corroded and leaked and you know that's basically you know if it could happen here it can happen at any one of those repair sites so i'm in the process i haven't entered a FOIA request because i would like it if they would just give it to me Nice. I just asked for it, and they just like send it to me. Which, you know, I bugged the hell out of Pensa officials, so probably not. Uh, But you know, it would be nice. But they were supposed to give them that list of uh, repairs, repair locations, uh, 120 days after the settlement they made in May of last year. So this this information should have long been handed over, and I want to see it so I can show everybody. I can draw a little map. I can put a bunch of little red dots all over it. They say, hey, at every one of these locations that could be right near you, you could have, at any moment, like a 2 million gallon gasoline leak in your backyard. Um, right. And if that doesn't scare you into giving a shit, then
0: I don't know what will. Seriously. Seriously, man. Um, yeah. So the other, again, progressives, we know that none of the lawmakers have covered it. You talked about this also I wanted to cover one other thing, because I know we don't have much time left with you. Sure. Uh, first off, reminding people that you exposed how much the Sunrise Movement is being infiltrated and funded by Soros and Open Society and what they do. And it's kind of funny that they put this, big corporations disguise their products as green. And it's like the hypocrisy. <laughs> kind of like our nonprofits profit disguises themselves as grassroots, while over half their income comes from billionaire democrat American donors. <laughs> Dude, just great. Owner, ownership. Straight up ownership, and I had to call, call attention to that. But before we, but after that, this is the big thing I wanted to talk to you about because nobody's really talked about this. Um, right here uh, Organizing for Justice and Justice Democrats getting $1.4 million in 2020 from Way to Win Pack. Right. And whose mm. way to win pack and where is this coming from? Working Families Party, which we know is has got Democratic Party stuff involved. Largest known donor from organizing for justice, which is which is Soros. Way to lead is also dark money. A lot of stuff. I know you've been on the Corbin Trent stuff. Uh is is that oh is that is that the pack that's paying Corbin Trent also way to win?
2: No. Oh no, that's a it's different not, one. but I mean I mean it's not, but Corbin Trent is a Justice Democrats co founder, so I mean um, might as well mm-hmm. be it, it, it's that it's that same shared it's a shared mentality uh 100 percent um yeah so i mean like i said i don't you know i've been on hiatus i had to take a break uh for a lot of reasons uh a lot some of it was just because like i kind of got disenchanted with the way that you know jur- jur- journalism as a whole was going right Um so but now that i'm back you know i'm starting to kind of you know Look back into stuff, right? And um, of course, you know, justice—it's it, it, filing season, so justice Democrats, I, you know, took a look at, you know, what they pulled in this last year, and uh, or this last quarter, I should say. And uh, yeah, what what do I see? Of course, right off the bat, seven hundred thousand dollars from Way to Win, uh, three hundred thousand dollars from their in-house dark money group, uh, which is Organized for Justice, uh, which, as we can see, is also funded by Way to Win. Uh, a large in large part, um, the Working Families Party. Also, look. look. So we're going to get into a discussion here, a quick one about. Um, well, there's a reason, probably, why these. And, and look, I'm not telling your audience anything they don't already know. I don't think I'm telling anybody that follows me or most of my mutuals anything they don't already know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you you mentioned that that people won't talk about this. It's because it's a branding thing. You're not going to see. Uh, people that made their money, or made their living, or, or their reputation off of sucking at the Justice dim Teat, sit here and talk to you all about the nitty gritty financial details, about who is funding their dear, their near and dear progressives uh, that are supposed to be, you know, changing the way that politics works from the inside out, right? We're not going to do things the old way. We're not going to be, uh, you know, the traditional Democrat. Uh, Guys, they're doing the exact same thing that traditional Democrats do. Uh, and it's not its not even, you know, a debate anymore. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. As a matter of fact, so way to win. I think we should just start there. It yeah. is the, like the darkest of dark money, right? Um, you know, that. so the PAC is funded by the nonprofit. Um, and like, you know, as most times they are, but you're also getting... Democracy Pack money in there, that's George Soros Uh, we're getting DNC mega donor uh, Elizabeth Simons. You know, you're getting, you know, lots of other, like just billionaire after billionaire, millionaire uh, after millionaire. And it's the same thing. Um, you know, and that's just a pack. Like so because the organization themselves have funded quite a bit of money into the way to win action fund pack, um, which in turn will give the money to, you know justice other taxes and stuff like that. Uh, but finding out who actually funds way to win the organization is kind of difficult because it's not only are they a 501c4 that doesn't have to disclose pretty much anything. Uh, they also you know, are run out of a donor advised fund called Amalgamated Charitable Foundation. Uh, so there's like an extra layer of transparency there. Um, Way to Win also has an affiliate called Way to Rise. Which, you know, for every 501c4, there's a 501c3, right? There's of course. sides of the same coin. So the 501c3 for Way to Win is called Way to Rise. And that's a little bit easier to track. They got like Way to Rise took over $9 million from Ford Foundation in 2021. Um, and they have also taken, you know, money from Open Society um, and like lots of other. Um, you know, opaque billionaire funded dark money sources. And it's funny, it's not just that these are just random billionaires. In a lot of cases like Soros and Simons, uh, specifically in this example, uh, they're huge DNC party donors, right? They're funding all of the corporate Democrats that you're supposed to be fighting. So are we supposed to believe that you are going to take your money from an organization funded by the same people that are funding all of the people that you said you're trying to replace, right? That lo- it doesn't yeah. make any sense whatsoever. And the proof is right there in front of you. Uh, and the same thing, like, organized for justice is a simply 501 C4. Um, the only thing we know is that they took 250 grand from Soros in 2019. And then they've taken 1.4 million from way to win Last year in 2020, you know, because all this nonprofit stuff is always a year behind, and you know, so there's, I mean, it's all dark because we don't know who's giving you the money. That's what makes it dark. And then you got
0: this Tides Advocacy Group. Look at this: half a million dollars uh, I, in October, two, to another half a million back in in February, and then another two million dollars in May. I mean, that's three million dollars in in six eight months. Um, so
2: yeah, what do they expect out I, of that? well there's the tides foundation right and of course they've got the tides Advoc- advocacy group which is their 501c4 arm and that's the one that shell- shells out all the money uh, to super PACs and to you know other 501c4s like sunrise and you know stuff like that uh, all the so-called grassroots organizations right that all trickle up into basically the same three or four major uh nonprofits that are funded by like the same dozen people that you know you see at the top of every donor list every time you research such things uh and that is you know basically where the working families party is too so like i got somebody you know didn't believe me which of course happens all the time where you shoot down somebody's idol but you know i had a, a so-called a supposed monthly donor to working families party uh at me basically saying that I, you know, I was a joke for implying that, you know, billionaires and millionaires are the ones funding working families. I'm a working man and I've been, you know, being a monthly donor to working families party for years. And, you know, I'm just like, dude, I'm sorry. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but uh, you know, a quick look at it and, you know, it's easy to see that, you know, you're still getting like Pritzker, Uh, Susan Pritzker, millionaire, Katrina Schaefer, millionaire, Uh, you know, you're just getting crazy money from Working Families Party. It's got a history of taking money from DMC uh, party mega donors and their affiliated foundations. Like I could go into that for forever, but I don't need to because I've, I've started in the past. You can scroll through my Twitter feed. You can search it. I've done it a million times. I've said it a million times. Working Families Party is funded by anything but and I feel bad for people that get hoodwinked into donating to uh, organizations like that because they literally in the name they're telling this is the party of working families, by working families, for working families, right? But uh, probably in all honesty, they get most of their funding uh, from dark money sources uh, and you know the billionaire class, and the working family is just the icing on the cake that you know basically thinks that they're pooling their resources with other people just like them. Uh, but they're actually just padding the books for people that keep keeping them underneath their boot year after year. And it's right. kind of like a sick, it's kind of a sick practice, but yeah, yeah, I mean, so justice Dems, justice Dems, just breaking in the dark money, man. And um, you're not going to hear many people talking about this because their brand is, you know, justice Dems good, everything else bad. Uh, and there's no room for any objective, you know, um, criticism going on right here because why would you want to lose followers that's way that's way more important than
0: being honest uh, and it's non-profit which is which is how they wash all of this through but but non-profit only really makes it a write-off for um you know for, for the billionaires themselves so that so that they they can then deduct that from their income and from their taxes and from their businesses um oh, yeah. and, then, and,
2: and, and then they can call themselves a philanthropist
0: right and they get they right. right and they get the influence machine down to that level so they can pull somebody aside then you end up with Stacey Abrams and you know working for for the Bloomberg foundation for example um 100% man um Okay, so everybody follow Robbie at Robleto Fire. R O B L E T O Fire. You see him up on screen here. I'm gonna put up all of his tweets. Okay, uh, I'm gonna have a, a link to all the tweets here that I'm sharing is gonna be in the Substack after the uh, after the episode's over. I'll go back and I'll edit it. But again, dude, like I really appreciate you coming on today. Um, again, glad that you're you're back. Uh, we need reporting like this looking at the at, at the filings looking at nancy's filings and looking at, at her income stuff um looking at soros and following where he's putting his money into charitable foundations and also by the way pierre omidyar you know that's something else i oh, want yeah. to talk to you about next time is we were looking into breaking points we're looking into the intercept we're looking into pierre we're looking into their whole influence peddling in the paypal mafia i know you've done some work on that but we're going to we're going to get to that next time again. I, I really appreciate you being here. I want to be respectful of your time and uh and I love you to death. And again, I just I just appreciate you uh giving us the time tonight. And uh and everybody go follow, go subscribe. Uh, Politify News is Robbie Substack. It's at jaeger.substack.com. Again, I'll have all these links in description later on. Uh uh uh, this was kind of last minute, so I didn't have it written in, yeah. but but we'll have it all hooked up. And and again, yes, you're you're the man. Um, love having you here, and and appreciate your reporting. And uh, and you're welcome back anytime. You got stories. Uh, we we always want to hear from you. So again, yes, I appreciate yes, you guys. Uh,
2: I appreciate you guys having me on and like giving my stories a platform. And you know, like it's yes, not it's not always about like. The reporter, you know, even though it does help, you know, but you know, some of these stories, yeah, literally, like the colonial. I would trade every story I've ever broke if people gave a shit about the colonial pipeline thing. You know what Damn, I mean? Like, would be nice. I'm now. I uh, feel you. you know, so I appreciate you guys giving me a chance to talk about that, and um, hopefully next time I'll have a little bit more time blocked out so yes to some more stuff. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, again, guys, I really appreciate you guys and what you do. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, no problem, man. we're anytime. gonna switch the thumbnail for bud. a
0: minute uh we're gonna cut off mics and then we'll be right back and uh and we're gonna do some technical stuff so we can we can hook this back up but thanks everybody uh we'll you, we'll be right back stay right there hang out don't don't, go, don't anywhere. go anywhere don't go anywhere okay off hey, hey everybody okay indie and reef we are back two box nice all right thank you everybody thank you so much robbie uh, he's awesome. We love him. Thanks everybody for being patient while we do that switchback. Okay. Uh, I have got a couple of more stories to get through tonight, and then we can get to some boats. But uh, yeah, dude, he's he's awesome. He's fire. Uh, he hasn't been on too many shows this this year. He did a thing with Primo, but again, we just love him and appreciate him coming on and uh, and sharing his stuff. But his he's been on fire this week. So definitely follow Robbie. All right. Oh, this looks good. Yeah. Okay. So. Here's the next story and it, we're talking about Amazon and Starbucks and how they're trying to crush the unions, of course. All right. And of course what we're going to talk thing. about, Oh, I got to share my my screen with you. Yes. Uh, let's share a yep. video with this dude over here. Oh good. It's blocked out by your name thing. So you should be able to see me now full screen, right? Yep. Okay. Badass. All right. So mm-hmm. Starbucks illegally fires a worker in Queens, right? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> This is our friends over at over at Left Voice. Okay. Starbucks fired a union organizer, at 31st Street in Dittmars. All right. They continue to work to union bus. What the heck happened? So these are the guys over there and, and the crew. Appreciate them. They're working hard to unionize. And now one of my so workers, of course, fighting have won. Oh, and by the way, this is um, I believe it was Sharon Zhang over at Left Voice that, that oh no, this is um um Mike Pappas and, and Luigi. Morris. Uh, so workers fighting unionized Starbucks. Now won union elections over 150 locations. This is the way. Okay. Filing over 250 stores, 35 States. As the unionization effort grows, of course, we know management is continually targeting activists. Okay. Leading to a slew of retaliatory firings. And this is going on all over. They fired over 20 union leaders around the U S over the past several months. Uh, we know about the Memphis seven. Of course, they're, they're, they're pretty famous. Um, We've been talking about this for a while. Our friend Shadowban, I know it's got a bunch to say about this, but here's what happened. It's kind of weird. Okay, it was 7-4. It was a little tight, but they did win unionization uh, back back about a month ago. After the win, Starbucks illegally fired one of the key organizers, Austin Locke. He worked at this location for six years prior to his firing on July 5th. He was publicly active in helping to unionize his store, okay, and it's a member of the RWU. In retaliation, he was targeted by Starbucks management and fired. So, mm. of course, on July 8th, three days later, they had the Ditmars uh, Boulevard. They have their own specific Starbucks Workers Union, um, Starbucks Workers United uh, Twitter handle. Okay, and then you've got Left Voice, which published a statement, a joint statement from the RWU, the DSA, and Starbucks Workers United. All right, saying that he's been publicly active for six years. Again, repeating pretty much this, as is the case with other uh, union organizers, Austin's been rewarded for his organizing activity with continuous harassment by management. Okay, on June 6th, what happened? He came down with flu-like symptoms and called out sick as a precaution to protect his coworkers. Tested negative for COVID, returned for work on June 8th. Management sent him onto the floor to complete a COVID symptom check-in where none of the iPads used for the check-in were functional. That day, a shift supervisor at Starbucks put his hands on Austin to stop him from walking into a room. And, of Mm. course, he immediately reported this to HR, the district manager, Krista, Christina. Uh, After the report was submitted, he he was verbally attacked and sent home. Of course, for submitting a report and reporting somebody for for touching him, the, the managers have repeatedly refused to release video footage of the incident. So, clearly, he wants people to see this. They don't want people to see this. Why? On June thirtieth, they won their union election. Scarcely five days later, he was fired. Okay, the DM called nine one one, kicked out all customers, and had the police escort him out of the store in front of his coworkers. She's oh. organized for better pay and conditions, or you will pay us the and you'll pay us the price. Okay, so. In, notice, in their notice of separation, D.M. Friedman and store manager Nicole Gilbert justified the illegal action by charging Austin with making a false claim of workplace violence, concluding that no contact was made by the shift supervisor. Well, where are the? Where's the videotape? Prove it. They're demanding that Austin be reinstated with back pay uh, and compensation. Okay. So his struggle is every worker's struggle. Everywhere and always, we support the working class against anti-union attacks. Thank you. Yep, we agree. And there's a GoFundMe. Again, uh, we're going to have the links in the chat and in the description afterwards. But we stand in solidarity with the workers. Clearly, this is another case of Starbucks harassing, union busting. Okay, and we've got a couple of more. So on top of that, we got from Maxwell Parrot in these times. All right. Oh, wow. I didn't... uh, I didn't corrupt the headline. Oh, look at that. That's weird. So um, this is where Starbucks is closing sh- shuttering stores in retaliation for the ones that are unionizing. So they're targeting the stores that mm. are that are unionizing, and they're 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 shuttering them. So again, six they announced a plan to shutter sixteen stores, part of a strategy for addressing <clears throat> store safety. All right. So now they're they're being alleged that. They said they would close six stores in Seattle and L.A., two in Portland, as well as the locations in uh, other locations in D.C. and Philly. Okay, and on Wednesday, workers from Seattle, the union that's been organizing cross-country, filed an unfair labor practice charge, arguing that the, that the closures amount to retaliation and illegal coercion against illegal union activity. On top of the fact that, again, I think they're going to get to it here, that they're now offering different tiers of compensation for a union shop and a non-union shop.
1: Right. So
0: of the 16 stores, two locations in Seattle successfully unionized. One in Portland is set for a union vote in August. Well now <laughs> hard to unionize when the stores closed. All right. So, huh? so they threatened to close at least 16 stores in order to discourage union activity, retaliate against workers inca- engaged. Okay. Now, Are these people going to be able to find work at other Starbucks' locations? Um, What do you think? Um, Probably not. Yeah. So, charge seeks injunctive injunctive relief for the workers at the closed stores, which would fast-track a court order while the case was being litigated, all right, before the NLRB, which could take months. It's not the first time they've charged that the company has shut down stores as a way to suppress organizing, and they're going to talk about Buffalo. All right. So in Buffalo, back in May, and I think that was the very first store. All right. Now they, they alleged that there was a over 200 labor violations there. Okay. Federal court is holding a hearing on whether to issue injunctive relief based on that complaint. Now, again, I don't know why it doesn't have, why it is this one, but this says two letters. So workers at Starbucks in Ithaca filed a similar charge after location was closed down in May and in the beginning of June, which is just two months after right. they voted to unionize. So again, what you're seeing is it's like whack-a-mole. They vote to unionize, boom, the get, their store gets closed. They vote to unionize, right. boom, their store gets closed. And then they'll close one or two here or there just to kind of make it make it interesting and 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 keep it even. Um but what I'm finding here again is in two letters that Starbucks executives sent to employees Monday, management wrote that changes, including store closures, are part of a campaign to modernize in order to reflect the state of the world. Right. Okay. Sure. Well, that the state of the Howard Schultz world, because we, oh, okay. There's the two letters. So part of that effort, the letter said, in, includes addressing incidents that involve mental health crises, drug use, and racism that workers encounter on the job. Okay. So these yep. two senior VPs of operations wrote that remedies for such incidents can include modifying hours, closing a restroom, or even closing a store, per, closing a restroom. Really? Why is that? Okay. In a statement they said that uh we're empowering local leaders who've emphasized repeatedly they care deeply about care this is such frickin' woke explaining. A create uh, creating a safe and welcoming environment in the community. Oh god. Okay, choke me. Uh the the company's renewing its I'm commitment so. to kind safety, kindness and welcome. Of course they are. Yes. Who's gonna say no to any of that stuff? Except that the top down campaign comes in the heels of newly formed unions' efforts to fight for increased safety measures, both through strikes and at the bargaining table. And the reason why I have these red things is because there's actually linked in the article, and it came out funny when I screen-capped it for some reason in opera. Weird. Here here you've got the Starbucks Workers' United uh, uh, Legal counsel telling in these times that recently in Seattle, Starbucks partners at seven stores went on strike partially in protest. Then Starbucks announced it was closing eight stores in the PNW, if Starbucks truly cared about its partner safety, it would bargain about ways to ensure their protection, not displace workers by closing stores. Yep. Oh, there it is again. Jose Serrano, organizer and barista who works at the store that is not slated for closure, said that safety concerns raised by corporate leadership are a reason why the stores are organizing. A lot of Starbucks stores do have high incidents. Workers say that public restrooms, a welcoming lobby, and free water at Starbucks stores sometimes do bring in houseless people or those experiencing mental health crises, Okay, which can lead at times to altercations. As a result, some of the unionized stores have begun to demand an increased security guard presence. Okay, That's what a lot of stores are wanting to do by unionizing. So if we're able to have a fair shot at bargaining with the company over our safety concerns, we would need to close the store because we'd have more security to these stores they would have to close the bathrooms so here's another barista at the unionized East Olive Way store in Seattle Uh, heard that her store was closed first heard it through the discord server then read about it in the Mm. meeting and then she found out during a zoom call isn't that nice finding out through discord that you're getting that your stores are being closed
1: yeah how great is that
0: She's surprised to hear Ding. it because she thought of it as one of the quieter ones in the city, not facing as many security concerns. Yeah, but it also probably didn't do very well financially. But company provided security guards there. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> but when they when they asked upper management why why they're being singled out, they responded by claiming the decision took into consideration the number and severity of incidents, but didn't cite specifics. Interesting. Hey, according to them, managers also said that since the stores unionized, decisions about the workers' union uh, hours, pay rates, and whether they'll be transferred to other locations is subject to bargaining and not guaranteed. Tell me again how this is about the workers.
1: It's not.
0: Tell me again how this is about safety. No, I mean, it's not. Yep, star busting. Yeah, star busting. That's right. Star union busting. A Starbucks spokesperson said, "Responded to Eureta's uh, account of the meeting by referring to the letter executive sent on Monday. Yeah, thanks. Punt, and mm. and and yeah, thank you. All right, that response fits a pattern of new initiatives that Starbucks has rolled out in the wake of of the organizing wave, which includes benefits that the company says it cannot guarantee for its unionized workforce. What? Come on, where's the what though? Where where's my Jimmy shot? What?" The thank you. Fuck. Come on, man. That one? Yeah, that one. Thank you.
1: I was but, waiting for it.
0: All right. In May, the coffee chain announced wage increases, but said that it was prevented from assuring raises in stores that were in the process of unionizing. Why? What? Yeah.
1: The F and F. Yeah. Okay. Are you La- kidding me?
0: Last month they also You hatched- never remember.
1: No. You never remember the Are You Kidding Me. Are you kidding That's me? That's the funny bit. Like, you always step on that every time.
0: Yep, because it should be broken up and put in separately. But anyway. um, uh, Yes. Last month, Starbucks also hedged on offering abortion access benefits, of course, including out-of-state travel expenses to workers in your United stores, citing contract negotiations. So, of course, Mm. now we're going to force you to have your babies. And, again, I I know that's a controversial issue, whether corporations should be paying for people to go out-of-state potentially ha- have a board i don't by the way drink starbucks or shop at starbucks or do anything having to do with starbucks we are a dunkin donuts family personally i don't know how much better they are but mm. they're certainly Duncan. fucking Dunkin' Fucking Dunkin'. but they're certainly not any worse Duncan. than what these clowns are doing because they have been union busting and really stepping in it okay they demanded these benefits mm. be extended to the, the union is demanding that these benefits be extended to all employees ex- including those at unionized stores all right. right. They're permitted by law to offer these benefits to workers at unionized stores. OK, our bargaining committees will demand that these modest improvements be given immediately to all partners. I mean, OK, they've been trying to sit down at the bargaining table with management since they voted for the union in June, but have yet to hear anything back. And this is the other thing that we've been hearing is corporate does not even want to acknowledge the union's existence. The I minute mean, they have to, right. they have to start sitting down and negotiating with them. Yeah, definitely Anthony Duncan greater than Starbucks all day freaking long. All right. Now. <laughs> uh let's let, let's say I had a chat because mm. I we jumped right into it with Robbie. Uh hey everybody. Mm-hmm. Welcome to how Did we miss
1: that? Okay, I'm we got twenty four people weed.
0: live. What's up, dude? Okay. Uh you're good? You're gonna be back? Re Ree- taking a break. I don't know yes. what's going on.
1: Okay. I'm looking for my weed.
0: Oh. Reef needs to find his weed uh okay we got human love what's up everybody eric t red gene how are you yipper eric yep yep oz is here hi oz uh corona ursa welcome seriously for the community that for the community not yet helping the most vulnerable members what i i i i don't know what we're talking about there but um yeah through starbucks um if they don't have a union we're definitely not we definitely don't want to hook them up. Uh there's big mad crab. What's up, dude? Big mad crab, by the way, is our, uh, graphic designer and our creative designer for a uh, creative director over at, at INN last bones, dude, you're killing it over on, uh, on Facebook and Instagram. All of a sudden I'm seeing some things pop up for INN really appreciate seeing that Reef is still trying to find his way to even had to turn the lights on. Look at that. Now you get to really see the, the room. All right. So. Um, I do have another story here, and it's an Amazon union busting story um and this is about the warehouse that our friend Chris malls uh unionized earlier this year. uh I think Rafe is still chilling trying to find shit. That's funny um yep, he took off his cans. uh, ah, you here? All right, in a year, Amazon disciplined workers 13,000 times at the now unionized warehouse in one year. All right. Yeah. Weeds with the cat. Cat. Mr. Jordi LaForge. You're, you got, you got
1: unplugged, dude. We don't hear you or you're muted. You're
0: muted. You're not. Ah.
1: Here we go. Thank How you. How
0: about that? Now you're back. Hey. Okay. okay. What's up? In one year, Amazon disciplined workers thirteen thousand times at depend, demand. proof of life from whom? Eric T. Read proof of life from whom? Okay, that's the second time I heard that. All right. Uh, Robbie received prove me wrong. Uh, prove me wrong. Proof of life. Okay. Anyway, um, over the course of one year. Ending at the beginning of the pandemic. So Chris Schmaltz was still working there. This is before pandemic. Thousands of disciplinary notes against workers for what seems inconsequential mistakes. Again, this is what they were talking about. The disciplines which are issued over things like meeting 94% of the company's punishing productivity quotas instead of 100%. Just how closely Amazon monitors and tracks its workers' movements. Well, we know about that because Amazon piss jugs, literally. Again, this is our friend Sharon Zhang, Truth Out, wrote this up. Uh, she's been following and tracking Amazon and Starbucks warehouse uh, with Starbucks unionization efforts. Right, All right. We've reef without weed is like a fish without water. That's right. You do, you definitely do look a little lost, my huh, brother. I agree.
1: Um, um, um
0: other reasons they disciplined workers according to court documents, okay, S seemingly trivial. One, for being off-task right. for six minutes during an overnight shift in Jersey.
1: Oh, six minutes in Jersey? Right, like... Another
0: worker for exceeding their break time by four minutes despite their supposed five-minute grace period for breaks. Meanwhile, in New York oh. City, another worker was issued a violation of notice for earning four times in one week in 2019 while picking items for order fulfillment Despite the fact that the same worker picked over fifteen thousand eight hundred products correctly during that time, or what the fuck? Yeah, that's right, Jimmy. Okay, this is this is why Chris went on strike on top of the safety stuff, but it was it was much more than that. That's why these guys are unionizing. Company claims the majority of supposed feedback relates to attendance, like when an employee takes a break that exceeds limits. It says that productivity goals are. Fair, though labor advocates have said That their quotas often lead to injury or even Death, playing a role in companies Warehouses, being one of the most Dangerous places in the in the industry to work And I think that what they're talking about <clears throat> Is the one, when we, we covered that The the warehouse in Kentucky that had the tornado Go through it, and the Amazon yeah. They didn't want they to let their workers working. go Right, and like right. six people died
1: Like right. Like what? Mm-hmm Anyway, I remember this, and it still gets like, why right. were they not at home? Right. Like, or somewhere safe.
0: So, again, Reuters anyway. reports that in the year ending in April 2020, right as, Panda, right as Chris Smalls is being fired um, for making noise about safety precautions in the, in, in the warehouse, the company issued 13,000 disciplines in JFK 8. Two and a half disciplines for every one of the roughly 5,300 workers employed at the then warehouse, then at the warehouse, which voted earlier this year to unionize with ALU. All right. These supposed violations, right? Go ahead.
1: Hanging out with fucking the the, the FLOTUS? You doing shows with FLOTUS now? Oh, That's not like an underground rap group, bro. And Randy Weingarten
0: from the AFT. What, what? What's going on there yesterday? So, yeah, there was some anyway, kind of thing where he was talking about it. And, again, it's a, it we'll, was a big we'll labor thing. We'll
1: bring that thing. up on INN News soon. Yeah. So um,
0: these supposed violations were documented in internal company records that were released as part of an NLRB legal action against Amazon, which includes the board's complaint over former JFK 8 employee Gerald Bryson's termination in 2020. At one point, he supposedly made 22 errors while counting thousands of products, and was disciplined by a manager five more infractions like this in a year and he'd be fired they said what mm. the f-ing f thing fi believe that speaking the of which shadow our...
1: Band, i need to i need to get with you so you can give me a nice short paragraph on why the uh was it the pro act sucks for the alu Yes. Because you know, it would negate because it would suicides. basically
0: turn everything in over to the AFL CIO and A-F-L-C-I-O. use existence if if I remember correctly.
1: Right. Something like that. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna need that soon. Um Yep. Uh so that, I'll get that, with you. I'll DM you.
0: Look at that. I got everything we got through Robbie and, and my Amazon slash uh mm-hmm. Starbucks story in, in an hour. So I'm nice. I'm pretty impressed. Um I think we're nice. just about ready. You, you got everything queued up for Boats?
1: I
2: think I liked it better being blind When I couldn't read between the lines and When I couldn't see the cracks in the structure That lay bare before me the whole time I think I liked it better back when I Suspended disbelief and swallowed pride I thought I knew the difference in the red from the blue, but they both bleed us so dry. They both bleed us so dry. My favorite songs don't hit the same way. I get to the end of a four minute track, and I'm only looking back thinking, what did they actually say?
0: So I try to. If you like this podcast, please help our show grow by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. For more content, you can follow Independent Left News on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at indleftnews and subscribe to our YouTube channel. To get news updates twice a day to your inbox, subscribe via email on the independentleft.news website. Join our Jetstream 24-7 News and Opinion Discord at independentleft.gg with more than 50 channels, each dedicated to a different outlet, journalist, YouTuber, or political comedian. Thanks, everyone. Remember to check out independentleft.news in your browser and subscribe to our podcast for news updates.